showtime. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, along with Top Shit Giver, John Coleman. Top Shit Giver and number one question asker, John Coleman. Now, when you're the only person or only other person on the microphone, you tend to be the only person who can ask questions, making you the top question asker, also known as Top Shit Giver. Hey, John, what's on, uh, what's on the slate for today? On the slate for today is everybody's worst nightmare. Our computer is going to take over my job. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You actually wanted me to like elaborate? Oh, that was good. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I, I thought I messed something up. That kind of gave me a heart palpitation. Yes. Will computers and technology make the loan industry null and void in terms of human interaction and contact? That's a resounding no. And I would like to believe that this is going to resonate not just into the mortgage industry, especially as it pertains to loan officers, because it's it's going to talk about uh, or it's going to coincide with the real estate industry, the financial advisory industry, uh, life insurance industry. There are certain things that, yes, technology is going to enable, but it'll never take away for the mere reasons of this anxiety fear inability to sleep at night questions inability to properly read then comprehend as long as we as humans have anxiety we have fears we get butterflies we sometimes suck at reading comprehension then robots and technology will never totally replace because you can't replace that human element. Now, there's definitely certain things that technology is going to enable, and I think we should uh, circle around, like circle the wagons, get behind it, and really promote this so that we can increase the consumer's experience, okay? So what I mean by this, and I'm going to try to zigzag in and out of multiple industries, but I'm obviously going to lean on the industry I know the best, which is the mortgage industry, and more more specifically loan origination, right? A loan officer is somebody that if you're looking to purchase a home and you need to finance the home, that's your first phone call. Or if you already own a home and you're wanting to refinance that home, which by the way, here we are post-coronavirus outbreak and the bond markets have absolutely tanked mortgage rates have dropped, we are doing and seeing a lot of refis. And even a a transaction as simple as a refinance could be, isn't that simple. Because someone still needs to be walked through what type of refinance. Are you looking at doing a streamlined refinance? Do you qualify for a streamlined refinance? Do you do need to do a debt consolidation refinance, a home improvement refinance? Or are you good on your home improvements and good on your debts? and you just need to do a rate and term, what's the difference? There's a pricing difference. Like that's something that currently a machine, AI, a robot can't do. On top of that, they can't talk me off of a ledge. They can't three-way call with my wife and then answer her questions after you just answered my questions. So again, simple answer is no, but what can we see machines doing for us? So let me walk you through what it was like getting a home loan 20 years ago. We're getting a home loan 20 years ago. You had to show up in my office with 
two years of tax returns and two years of W-2s and 30 days worth of pay stubs and two months worth of bank statements and a copy of your driver's license. That was just to get started. None of that had to deal with us having a consultation and me figuring out what your company monthly payment is, how much money you have set aside to go towards a transaction for me to explain to you, not just your credit score, but what's on your credit report. Um, that documentation is very intensive and heavy. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes takes away from the, the meat and potatoes of what, what we should be doing, right? That's the, the, the consulting, the advice giving. So we're gonna lean on technology moving forward that you as my customer should be able to log into my portal where you create a username and password and with a couple clicks of a couple buttons and about 10 minutes of your time, I now as your lender can go to your employer and I can get all of your information as it pertains to your income. Because most of us, it's not just as simple as I make X per hour, X per year. There's overtime, there's commissions, there's bonuses, and these are all income types that are sometimes a little bit trickier to calculate for qualifying purposes. So technology should enable us to do that. Technology should enable me to be able to go to your bank and get your bank statements, right? I, we, we, and then if we start coupling in things like blockchain, then we can do so extremely secure, and it might not even be a statement I need. It might just be what's the balance, what's the the um, average balance over the past 60 days, and we can go and get that type of information that we used to need you to dig out of your files, your file drawers, drudging into the office so we can make copies. I think that's a good spot where, where technology is gonna, gonna enable, but never take away from what we do. And it's because what we do requires so much human uh, emotion and empathy and sympathy and um, right now, I don't know of any computer that can do that. It was interesting when uh, we were preparing for today's episode, I, I started doing a little bit of research and you know, this is a big topic. I mean, it's, it's uh, we, we manage 50 loan officers here in the Florida market. I'm friends with hundreds of loan officers and when we get together, we joke, oh, it's one of our times I don't have a job, right? Like, like that's, that's a real thing. I'm sure there's others in, in other industries, whether it's real estate or, or a financial advisor or any other type consultative type industry, financial sales type industry, where the same types of joking, kind of half truth, kind of no, I know it's BS, conversations are, are going on. So um, I found a quote that I really liked and it's, um, it's from Peter Thiel. So Peter Thiel is one of the, the uh, founders of, uh, I believe PayPal. And uh, he's a who's who over in Silicon Valley. He raises tons of funds. He has his own um, venture capital company where they invest in tech startups. Like this is his uh, industry, this is his expertise. So this quote um, is uh, coming out of a book called Zero to One. But Peter Thiel is quoted as saying, futurists can seem like they hope the answer is yes. Luddites are so worried about being replaced that they would rather we stop building new technology altogether. Neither side questions the premise that better computers will necessarily replace human workers, but that premise is wrong. This is Peter Thiel, not Dustin Owen. Computers are complements for humans, not substitutes. What do you think when you hear that? Like what, what, what goes through your mind besides what the hell is a Luddite? 
Damn it. That was my number one. What the hell is a Luddite? Yeah, so Luddite, per, I almost would say from the dictionary, but I don't use dictionaries. I use my friend Google. So Luddite, which I even had to look up to to make sure I was pronouncing it properly, because it's spelled L-U-D-D-I-T-E. The plural is at an S, right? Mm -hmm. L-U-D-D-I-T-E-S. A person opposed to new technology. Yes. I'm probably a Luddite. Yeah. Now, I'm a Luddite as well, even though I'm what you would consider a millennial. Uh, What I think when I hear that quote is uh, someone who's smart, but I think is also um, a little bit naive to think that uh, computers and technology won't completely take over. Obviously, their invention was meant to supplement and kind of streamline kind of humanity, what we do, make life better. Uh, But I think as it gets more integrated um, beyond just Here's like a transaction when it gets like into your body, when bio kind of all this other new tech stuff is coming up. I think it's going to be inevitable where um, technology and humanity and just stuff is going to be synonymous. It won't be separate. It'll be together. So uh, I can't predict the future. I think it'd be interesting to see kind of where it lands out. Is there ever a place where you think that technology will 100% take over? Yeah, well, I think we're already starting to see it with uh, commerce, like uh, brick and mortar stores. If you need a product, let's say, um, I really see brick and mortar stores. Uh, completely going out of business. I would say similar to like when you and I were growing up, it was like instant messenger. And now kids are growing up as like, they don't even, they don't even use that. It's Instagram. And I think when we get further along, kids are growing up now, they don't know Toys R Us. They don't know Bradley's. They don't know Leechmere. They don't know malls. Uh, They just know I'll just go buy it online. So I think as technology progresses and once 5G hits uh, and then buying things is so much more instantaneous, um, I don't even think we can fathom what the new world would look like. Interesting. Yeah, I might be a little bit um, less progressive than than that. I, mean, I am taking my 12-year-old daughter to the mall this weekend to meet up with her friends. They will do some shopping, but that's more of a social um, experiment or, or a social gathering. And um, I think malls will work differently. I think we may go to a mall for the social aspect to get our exercise, to see what we like, and then maybe go home and, and, and buy it online. I mean, I, I hope so. I, I Don't get me wrong. I love going to the mall. I, I grew up just hanging out. I like touching the physical product, but uh, there's no denying how easy and convenient it's been where you can just sit back and just have things literally delivered to your desk, to your house, almost in some cases the same day. So um, that's interesting. Yeah, no, we were talking about Peter Thiel, um, and I was actually um, listening to a podcast, and I want to say it's Business Wars, and I, I could be totally off, but by the way, I'll plug the Business Wars because it's really one of my favorite podcasts I'm currently listening to. And I've listened to Business Wars do, uh, they typically take two competing um, Fortune 50, Fortune 500 type companies and they tell a story. Well, I've listened to, to Miller versus Budweiser and um, I'm trying to think of um, uh, Pepsi versus Coke, right? So there was one uh, that I was listening to and they were discussing PayPal. And, um, and part of my research for today, where I was quoting Peter Thiel, this actually, the story that I listened to a few weeks back actually showed up in some of, some of my research and it talks about PayPal almost crashed because of fraud. Like there is a Russian hacker who had, had figured out how to scrape off the top money from PayPal transactions. And he was creating all these bogus accounts, basically siphoning the money and therefore stealing from, from PayPal, increasing their, their cost of doing business, obviously very bad things that could have shut the company down. Mm-hmm. And um, PayPal wrote algorithms to try to catch the bad guy, but it wasn't until you matched those algorithms with human that they actually were able to 
put together the secret sauce that caught the bad guy, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, okay, even in something that, for the most part, PayPal was what it wasn't isn't really a service that was taken away from human interaction. Um, it, it was something that still needed humans mm-hmm. to, to to solve for. Right? I think of, of uh, real estate agents. So Redfin, which by the way, I'm a big fan. I personally own some Redfin stock. That's how big of a fan I am of that company. Um, which by the way, I also own some EXP stocks and some Bank of America stocks. Like, you know, I'm not like just shameless plugging Red, Redfin because I own like, you know, 50 or 75 shares of its stock. But I'm, I am saying I'm a fan of the company. But Redfin set out years ago, they're going to make the realtor as we knew them extinct. Well, they didn't. What they ended up doing is is tweaking a different way of selling real estate. But Redfin employs 1,000 realtors, probably well over 1,000, but at least 1,000 realtors. And what Redfin dues did, dues, what they do, what they did was create technology that enables the realtor or the real estate agent to do their job differently. And that differently is good for some consumers, meaning some consumers are attracted to it. Others, nah, they're probably uh, ludites like myself and they're not as, as excited about that particular technology. But at the end of the day, what Redfin does is the same thing that Keller Williams does and Remax does and Century 21 does. They sell real estate and they need humans to help make those transactions happen. Because as consumers, we need someone to touch, someone to feel, someone to hug, someone to lean on. We need that the ability to have that conversation going back and forth. And I can only imagine that the same thing goes on in the financial advi- advisory industry. I mean, I can go online and I can buy stocks. I promise you I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not a stock picker, right? That is equivalent to me sitting down at the blackjack table. I kind of understand the rules of blackjack. I kind of know that I don't split kings. Hey, Mike, if you're listening, I don't split kings. But I do know if I have a seven and a four, I'm going to double down. Right? I know enough about the stock market to have a little play account. But that's not where where my real money is. I don't try to do it by myself. No, I sit down with a professional because he can answer my questions. And he can walk me through my statement. And he can explain why... Our strategy in 2018 differed in 2019, and now with coronavirus, it's going to differ in 2020. As long as I still have fears and emotions, and like most people, I'm, I'm in a, a relationship where, where it's a um, partnership, right? I'm married, so my, my wife and I are two people come together for, for one greater cause and, and usually one thought process then my financial advisor doesn't have to just deal with me and my craziness. He has my wife's craziness too. And her crazy is different than my crazy and her fears are different than my fears. So I think because of that, most of us should not be worried if we are in the financial services industry that a robot is ever going to take our job from us. What we need to do is we need to embrace this technology. We need to get behind the technology and use it to our benefit so that we can maybe do more because there may come a time that the fees that we collect are going to decrease. So therefore we're going to have to do more to make the same money. Well, I work 40 to 45 hours a week. So as long as I'm paid the same, I don't really care how much 
task I'm completing in that 40 to 45 hours in order to make the money I want to make, right? So, it, so if I have to close eight loans today to make X, eight loans per month, and you're telling me in three years it's going to go to 12, but I'm still working my 40 to 45 hours a week because I've embraced technology, okay, I'm cool with that. Now, if you're telling me I'm going to have to work 60 hours a week in order to make the same money that I made three years prior, I'm not so cool with that. Right. And I don't, I don't think that's, that's what we're talking about. I think that we need to, to be cognizant that technology will continue to change and disrupt, but also understand that technology is not going to replace us. It's just going to make our job different. Now, if you are in a, in a profession where you're operational, your sales support, and most of what you do is checking boxes off of a checklist, such as you order this particular document from the IRS, or you order this particular document from the title company, or you ship this particular PDF file to this department. Yeah, I would say maybe be worried. Maybe be worried because that is something a computer or technology can, can replace. But what you should be doing is figuring out, well, what could you do to make yourself irreplaceable? Because checking the, the box in the checklist and being a, a checker offer is, is one thing, but let's say you're able to do that, but you also give great customer service, right? You, you also are able to empathize with the client. Then you may be moved out of your department, but I don't think you'll be replaced. But if you're unable to give good, great customer service, if you're unable to empathize with your client and most of what you do could be done with the machine, I guess that person should be a little bit worried. But how far is that from, uh, from, from being achieved? I'd say three years minimal, five years max. So no, machines and robots are not going to take over, at least not in my lifetime. At 41 years of age, I'm planning on working another 15 or 20 I like my odds. I like my chances. I know I'm going to have to roll the punches. I know I'm going to have to adapt. Adapt would probably be the right word. But no one's going to replace me because I deal with crazy. Because I'm crazy and I need someone who can deal with crazy. So I think because of that, I think we're, we're, we're all good. What else? What else have, have we not covered on this subject? What would concern you if you were a loan officer today or you're a financial advisor or planner or mm -hmm. a life insurance salesperson? What what would be I mean, and you're also the ultimate consumer, John. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you you are you are who every company wants to get in front Correct. of. Correct. I think uh we use technology to weave things out just to see like a just like a put your dip your foot in the water, so to speak. So if I was gonna get a mortgage, the first place I would go is probably the internet, search around, and then before I picked up you know, applied before I, you know, I uh, wish you wouldn't. what's that? I wish you wouldn't. I wish you would just pick up the phone and let us have a 25 minute conversation because you're going to spend two hours of your life that you'll never get back on the internet, reading something that was written by someone who probably has no more experience than you do, but they spent 45 minutes doing interviews and research and cranked out an article. Like I really, really wish, and I, I know that's something I have to get away from, 
because it is what it is. But man, I wish you wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I could tell you everything that you want to know. I can answer questions that you don't even know to ask and point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And if you need a third party validation, mm-hmm. I have some. Absolutely. I think people go to the internet just to get familiar with the terminology as you did with the word dolomite, dolite. Ludite. Ludite. I know. Ludite. Some sort of. Person opposed to new technology, cor- a.k.a. me. Correct. We still use technology just to familiarize ourselves. But at the end of the day, I would always need to go to someone who actually knew someone, a physical person okay. um, that knew what they were talking you're about. you're not just saying that because I was. No, no. I, th- I think that was it. Like we use the tools. People use the tools at, to, you know, understand what the hell they're talking about. Because if I went straight to someone's source and I had no information, I would. Whatever you said, sure, I, I don't know what you mean. But if I can just look it up the internet at my own pace and kind of figure out what that word is and then go into that human conversation with a little bit more knowledge, I think that's how uh, I would approach it. Yeah. No, and, and, and I say that in, in jest a little bit, but also in, in reality because you get these phone calls and you know someone who's prepped. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've prepped and, well, can you tell me? And they're going off a checklist. <laughs> and then they'll, they'll ask the question. And sometimes not even trying to be an ass just you know friendly banter i go out of curiosity john do you know why you're asking that and i get some of the silence and kind of you know, i can just i can only imagine their eyes are you know going back and forth rapid eye movement and then well kind of i'm like would you like me to explain why exactly research of course to, and then I, I, and then we, we roll right into it yeah um but no you're, you're absolutely right it is it's it's but it's a problem now too because just like you said the other side of the uh, coin everybody thinks they're an expert hey i looked at a google article and i searched the internet for three hours so you you're not going to fool me by the way i went on youtube and i have an insert so people kind of hype themselves up and still think they know more just because the technology allowed them to but i said I, there's no real like replacing um that human interaction especially for such a large purchase i would say and and you still crave it yeah. Like, like you still crave some kind of human interaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very good. That's really all I have for today. I mean, it was a, um, a, a, a quick episode, but it's something that, that literally comes up in conversation at least weekly, mostly with my loan officer friends, a little bit when I get with my financial advisor buddies as well. And, and obviously, um, you know, we have hundreds of thousands, not, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds, probably almost a thousand realtors that are our clients as well here at Waterstone Mortgage. So it's a it's a conversation that we have behind closed doors that it's like, well, let's go ahead and bring it out in the forefront and let's let's at least get the discussion started on will computers, i.e. robots, i.e. AI, replace us? And the answer is no, but they're sure as hell going to impact how we function and how we operate. And we might as well embrace it, but realize that as long as we give good human Right? As long as we give good customer service, as long as we give, give a, a, a consultative service that we are the local expert, people will still need us, but more importantly, they'll crave us, they'll crave our services. We will then just use technology to make their process easier and to possibly make it more economical for us to do our job. Therefore, we will be able to do more for less. You have tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, along with him, JC, and we are a couple Ludites.
Peace.